Hi, I'm Dan. I'm here with my good friend G, and this is episode 8 of the Wrong Football NFL podcast. He's one take down for a reason, you know. Right, thank you very much for joining us again. It's uh, yeah, well, week week two is uh, is now in the books. It's we're we're rattling through the uh, through the the year already, aren't we? Yeah, it's um, it feels slightly odd, and so far, sort of touch wood, everything's been holding together. I'm saying so mm. far because obviously we're aware through our own COVID situation that ten to fourteen days is your lead time. So we're about to find out if there's anything nasty brewing or whether they really have um, uh, kept everybody yeah. um, healthy and, and bubbled enough for the season to work. But so far, so good. I suppose that's a, that's a very nice lead into the into the into piece of news, Jay. Um, <laughs> look at me! We, look at me! <laughs> it's like we've written something. Um, the uh, the yeah, the, the, there's just just one piece of news this week. We obviously we uh, we're, we're in a bit of a different uh, format from uh, what we were previously. Now the uh, the games have started, but uh, yeah, the, the the one bit of news I wanted to uh, to look at was the fact that uh, we're two weeks into the season and we are uh, they've managed so far for the second week running to have no players or staff affect uh, or immediate staff affected by COVID. That's quite incredible given the number of of, of teams and players and staff involved. Yeah, it really is. Um, I, I stand by my slight hesitation earlier, but what I'm hoping for is, yeah, it keeps going and we're okay. Um, I think it's one of those things where uh, only time will tell. And mm. as much as anything, it's not just can we get get this going up and running, but can you sustain it for another sort of 15 weeks to reach the end of the season and then through to the playoffs and Christmas and bearing in mind that we are approaching autumn, which is meant to be advantageous for COVID as well as the flu. Yeah. Well, that's it. There's, Welcome there's still, to the is... uh, Wrong Football Epidemiology Podcast. <laughs> well, that's it. I was, I was literally while we were setting up, I was just watching Boris Johnson tell us that uh, that we've got to be uh, that, that there's, there's going to be further restrictions for another six months. So, I mean, we I think everywhere we we know obviously here, over here we're in the same boat, but everywhere is still still trying to get there, get get a handle on things, still trying to get a handle on COVID. There's a lot of time left of the season, like you say, and it's not at the best time of year, is it? I suppose it's it's. It's this time of year where where things start getting colder, where I think things are going to take hold, and we we might start see, seeing use of the the sort of COVID lists and and uh, use of the bigger practice squads. I think it's also much up in the air. I mean, I'm sure that will come into play at some point. It's just whether we get isolated cases or it all goes horribly wrong. I think, I think that said, the positive thing to, to, to look at is the fact that because um, they're pumping so money into, much money into it and they're doing testing every day, etc., it's a little bit different to the rest of us who you know are not getting reliable tests if we even need them and can get them because um, that is very variable in this country in the UK. So um, they at least have regular testing and have some ways of controlling it that way but that's no guarantee that some that there isn't a mistake made and bearing in mind that the viking each team has a um like a covid coordinator and the vikings covid coordinator caught covid before the season started so it it's there's a long way to go and there is plenty of room for for it to go wrong but equally what we have to do really is to learn with this virus until this is a game changer and you know at the risk of turning this into a pol- politics podcast mm-hmm. the problem i think in a lot of the responses has been not that they've tried to um, adjust to the new normal but they've looked at the economy gone oh my god and tried to um open up 
to get things working again. And it's like, it's not going to work like that until the situation fundamentally changes. And it can't change in terms of treatment and how we react to this um to this um, virus until we have either an absolute game changer in terms of medical treatment or a vaccine and until we have either of those two things we are essentially having to live with it and that means no crowds at sporting events those who can work at home do work at home and the fact that as long as your numbers are are not over six you magically don't pass on covid so i think we're going to be in this for the long haul it's just whether we can all sustain it and of course if you uh, have problem with your eyesight then uh, make sure you do a, uh, a multiple mile drive with your family in the car um, it, I, i'm just <laughs> hoping my dad doesn't have yet another aneurysm of, of rage at the mention of that he is <laughs> anyway let's move on let's let's uh, talk about the games okay with week two in the books then let's have a look at the uh, the week's games we kicked off on uh, on on thursday in uh, in, in in cleveland uh, as the browns faced the uh, the, the bengals uh, ooh. I'll, I'll leave this one with you, G. It was thirty-five points to thirty to the to the Browns. Um, oh, should we start with a good thing? Go on then. The Bengals have a quarterback. Yeah, Joe they Burrow they is absolutely good. Absolutely do. You know, Joe Burrow is is the real deal, and I'm saying that two games in. But to be able to do what he did behind the offensive line, being as offensive as possible. Um, <laughs> And, you know, struggling to block for Joe Mixon. And he got them damn close, considering that the Bengals still can't defend the run. And that's the same as last year. The offensive line is is porous. Um, but there are skills players. People are talking about AJ Green being washed up. And I'm like, it's a little early. This is his only his second game back from the injury. And he didn't have much preseason because nobody did. So um, I'm not sort of saying that he's done for now. But there is promise. But boy, would I like us to win a game. That mm. said... I went back and watched the Browns' first game against the Ravens, and I think one of the reasons they look better this week is not because there was a magical change in game plan. It was that they weren't facing that Ravens' defence. So, yeah, that always helps, I think. It really does at the moment. The Ravens are increasingly looking to be one of the more terrifying teams in the league. So the Browns, um, I think, might be worried about um, the, the number of points and, and what Burrow did against them, but the um, offence looked better. Um, I there's still issues um, surrounding Baker Mayfield. And the interesting thing for me is they talk about his role out to the right and his height and whether he can see. And it just reminds me of the whole thing that the Saints, one of the reasons that Drew Brees works is because they make sure they build their offensive line a little differently in in, in um, New Orleans yeah. in that they really focus on really good, big, powerful um, um, centre and guards that can sort of stop getting pressure up in the middle and can cr- therefore create a pocket and create passing lanes for Drew Brees to work in. And it doesn't quite be seem to be in sync for the Browns like that kind of approach that said if Kevin Stefanski can do the play action and the boot actions to get um to get get Mayfield mealed half of a proper look then he'll be able to function so we shall have yeah. to see how they de- develop it's week two under a new coach yeah I think uh, I think he's looking good uh the uh, the Giants and the Bears. Right, we're moving on to the uh, the, uh, the um, early games in, on Sunday. Uh, Bears won that one by seventeen points to thirteen, and they're uh, they're, they're now two and zero. Oh. It really was a bit of a game of two halves, from what I could see. That the Bears were quite dominant in the first half. There was five sacks between the two teams in the first nineteen minutes of play. So the the, the defenses were doing pretty well, uh, but the Giants did find some traction in the second half. And from what I could see, I haven't watched the whole game, but from what I could see, it looks like the Giants would have won it if it wasn't for a pass interference call on the last play. 
Yeah, I mean, the big headline news really out of this is um, Saquon Barkley done for the year with um, an ACL. Um, And that's sort of like headline news. And it's not not to say anything else. Um, Daniel Jones uh, still has problems um, looking after the ball. The Bears are 2-0. I think I'm right in that. I'm now second guessing myself. Yeah, yeah you um, are right. Yeah, <laughs> it just seemed an odd statement to come out, but um, it, it, it's kind of it's still a bit up and down, and Trubisky isn't really convincing. And for the Giants, uh, losing Barkley is is going to be a real problem. And they're still a developing team, and it just feels like there's an awful lot to do there. I need to take mm. a proper look at them at some point, but but we're early enough in the season that I'm saying that about a few people. Um, the Cowboys, the Cowboys and the Falcons in a, in a very high-scoring game. It's forty thirty-nine to the Cowboys. They won it right at the death, um, and I have no idea how because they looked—they didn't look very good. Um, well, um, here's the thing: um, the, the Atlanta Falcons are very good on offense and not good on defense again. And you have to wonder whether at some point that's going to cost Dan Quinn his job, given that he is, you know, acting as defensive coordinator last season, gave it up to Raheem Morris and suddenly the defense got better, but he's still not sorted that side of the ball. And they have, uh, uh, you know, scored plenty of points, but can't stop anyone. The Cowboys did well to come back, but need to protect the ball better. And um, apparently, apart from the offense really looking pretty good, um, they need to lay off the fake punts when it um, doesn't really av- advantage them uh, on fourth down. And yeah. they owe they owe their kicker, and I, I'm sure you'll want to talk to, about this as the man the man of the kicking interest <laughs> in the podcast. His his um, onside kick was um, particularly special, apparently. Well, you no, know, I mean the onside kick was good, but. The recovery was awful from the from the from the Falcons. So the Falcons could have jumped on it, could quite easily have jumped on it. For some reason, I've no idea why. I don't know who their number eighty-seven is, but if you watch it, their number eighty-seven, who could easily have jumped on the ball and uh, and taken it, decided to just block one of the Cowboys players. Left it. Well, wide I open. need to dig. So I need to dig into this because I think it's something to do with the way it's kicked, and because it hadn't gone up in the air, I think it was like some rules confusion or something. I, I, mm. I need to double check that. So, yeah, it, it, uh, it, yeah, have a look because it's yeah, it's worth it's worth watching. But it cost them the game. It absolutely cost them the game. Yeah. Um, Col- uh, sorry, uh, Lions Packers. This one looked like a really good game. Uh, so the Packers won this forty-two twenty-one. Um, they were quite, it was quite a dominant performance for the Packers, especially for Aaron Jones, that looked, looked very, very good. Um, I think I need to go back and watch this game because the, the highlights made it look very good. Yeah, uh, the problem you've got is for, De- for the Detroit Lions is that um, you know they're off to 0-2. Uh, Matthew Stafford doesn't look bad, but he's you know they can't find ways to win. And you, you again, it's way too early to be talking about people's jobs, except for... Um, the Lions really haven't progressed or convinced under Matt Patricia, and having got rid of a previous coach who, who you know, at least had winning seasons, it doesn't feel they're moving forward. Whereas yeah. the Green Bay Packers did it a bit more like last season, where they where they had an incredible running game and not so much um, Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. But uh, I, my big thing going into the season was thinking that um, looking at how how they'd done last season, that they were a prime candidate to be competitive. But I was expecting them to step back from from that kind of thirteen and three record, and they have yeah. started the season very strongly. And um, they can only beat who the who the teams who are put in front of them. But we shall just have to keep an eye on them because it, it feels like um, they. They certainly are making a very good strong start to the season and we'll see how long they can maintain it for. 
the uh, the Vikings, bless them, went 0-2 on uh, on Sunday. They were playing the uh, the Indianapolis Colts. They uh, lost by 28 points to 11. Um, yeah, it was a pretty bad day for the Vikings' offense, from what I could see, and not much better for their defense. Yeah, and, and that's the bit that's confusing me, except that I guess that Stefan Diggs is a really good player and he appears to have been the Jenga piece for this um, offense because I could expect the Colts to be struggling... Sorry, I expect the Vikings to be struggling on defense because of all the players that they shifted over the um, offseason, the lack of preseason. But the fact the Vikings' offense has gone back to struggling so much is slightly surprising to me. And um, the Vikings being the Vikings and Mike Zimmer being Mike Zimmer, I'm wondering if we're going to have yet another um, um, offensive coordinator change by the time of the end of the season. Maybe. Quite possibly, yeah. Um Miami, uh, yeah, Miami hosted the uh, the Bills on Sunday. Um, it was a close game. It was it was thirty one twenty eight. Um, I saw most of it, you know, thanks to a, a uh, I think there was a, a power issue or something like that, which meant that the uh, the feed was gone for about fifteen twenty minutes. Thank you very much yeah. for uh, Big E on Twitter for uh, for streaming it. Sat in his uh, <laughs> sat in his street in his seat. Sorry, in the stadium. Uh, so I saw some of it. Some of it. Oh, is that really what happened? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, someone I follow on Twitter, uh, Biggie, very well known uh, Miami Dolphins um, guy on Twitter, was actually on the the Channel Five program this week. We interviewed. Yeah. Um, he was sat in his seat at the uh, at the Hard Rock Stadium, and when the uh, when the power went out, and there was uh, and the, and the, they stopped uh, broadcasting the game, he streamed it live on Twitter. So uh, I watched some of it there. It wasn't very easy to see, but better than nothing. Um, I, I missed that. I saw. I saw you casting out about about the feed on Twitter, but I hadn't yeah. clocked that you managed to find a stream somewhere. I didn't advertise it because I didn't want him to get in trouble. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, let's start with the positives then. Mike Gesicki uh, looked fantastic at tight end for us. He's a real. I think he's a real gem in that in that offense. I think he's gonna, he's going to be uh, going to be very good. Um, on the other hand, our run <laughs> defense was bloody awful. Uh, we we're crap on third down offense. Um, and we've really got to take chances. It was too, it, too many times we we went for things on fourth down and just couldn't couldn't convert, and and it's just it cost us. It was twenty eight thirty one in the end. So yeah, we could have. I think we could have done a lot better. I think we could have done better. But let's move on. Jets forty niners. Let's let's not uh, not dwell on that too much. Um, Jets forty niners. In New York, uh, it was thirty-one thirteen to San Francisco. Um, there was an eighty-yard run on the first play, which was which was which was fantastic. Always like to see that kind of thing uh, for the Forty ers uh, which was great. Um, and uh, in competing with the uh, the Browns, third and was it third and forty-one last week? Yeah, uh, there was a third. There was a third and thirty-one this week, which is not quite as good, but uh, still pretty pretty high. Yeah, I mean, and the poor the poor. 49ers are going through all kinds of injury problems. You know, we've they've lost a Bosa if I've not got my um, Bosa problems yeah, mixed up. And um, you know, I've got all the all the injuries are uh, uh, receiver, and it's just you know, the the fact that they're being as competitive as they are is beginning to be quite impressive. But v- that said, they are playing the Jets, who are just not a good team. Yeah. And obviously, you know, they, say, I was about to say they look dominant, but yeah, I mean, how dominant can you can you call someone when they play the Jets? 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to. I know you want to stick it to Jets fans because, um, you know, they're in your division. But I, I like to, see, you know, I don't like to see a fan base suffer for too long. And, you know, uh, you know, from all those seasons, we've been say, saying that, you know, come on, we want the Browns to turn it around. And Baker Mayfield gave them hope of the playoffs. And I'm just thinking, when was the last time the Jets had hope um, mm. over the last few seasons? It's been a while since... They were in the playoffs and winning games, and you know, obviously, um, even that was tainted by the butt fumble. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it just yeah. I, I feel like there needs to be regime change, you know, at the Jets, which sounds um, <laughs> slightly ominous, but um, I I'm not convinced by Adam Gase as a, as a head coach, and no, with not. him having con- you know more control over um, uh, player personnel. Um, I just it just feels like it's not being built in the right way and I shall come back to that in a later game mm-hmm. um, first game in Philadelphia this year the Eagles faced the Rams um, Rams went 2-0 Eagles went 0-2 37-19 to the uh, to the Rams and I don't I don't really get what's happened to the Eagles that it's it's uh, yeah I, I just I, yeah they're, they're just not the team that you'd kind of expect of them this year no, I mean, um, this proved my bold prediction for the week um, right, which means you're going to keep making me do it, which is a bit of a problem. Um, but in this instance, um, I think I can answer the question in that the offensive line played better, but there's still problems with receivers and Carson Wentz. And they were even saying on the commentary that, that they weren't sure that Wentz had looked the same since um, Frank Reich had left the team. But also on the defence, Malcolm Jenkins, um, having left them at safety, they were just... They just never quite got on on a um, on a level with the Rams' uh, offense. They just the defense could not contain them, and for a lot of the time, Jared Goff was um, being able to um, drop back, hit his mark, and hand the ball off or throw the ball. And mm. if the pass rush isn't getting home, and Goff has got enough time, then he's going to carve you up. And yeah, it was it was less of a contest than I was perhaps expecting, and and yeah, worrying signs for the Eagles definitely. Mm. Uh, Broncos Steelers ended twenty six twenty one to the uh, to the Steelers. That was quite a flattering result for the Broncos, from what I could tell. I thought it was it looked quite one sided from uh, from what I saw. See, I, this is one of the ones that um, I'm tempted to look at in coaching tape if I can find an angle. I've got a couple of things floating around in my head, and I'm also reliant on coaching tape actually being available before the weekend this week. Um, I, I think yeah, the worrying thing for the Steelers is that um, the Broncos, with all their injuries, were able to be this um, competitive given that they lost um, Drew Locke uh, um, to a rotator cuff injury. So um, mm. it, uh, if anything for this, for me, it, it's 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 a worrying sign for the Steelers that the Broncos kept it this close. And, and we shall have to see how the Steelers play um, in the coming weeks, which is my mantra at this time of year, much as it's not bold yeah. and predictive, and I'm sorry. <laughs> um. <laughs> Panthers booking in. So last week we were saying, "Oh, these these Panthers look all right, don't they? They're not. I mean, they're lost, but they look okay." Well, they lost again this week, thirty-one uh, seventeen uh, to the, to the uh, Buccaneers. It ended up. Um, Tom Brady was uh, was back, looking pretty good. Him and, and Mike Evans connected for some pretty good numbers. Uh, it seems to have it's what. Well, Bruce Arians kind of calling out Tom Brady after the last game seems to have, have lit a bit of a fire under him. I, I I'm cu- I worry wonder about that because it's not like Tom Brady needs that kind of thing and he's obviously not going to be phased by it because if you can survive in the Patriots regime under Belichick you can survive anywhere but um, yeah. I guess it's another week practice you know it, they've actually at least had a chance to to play in real games so I, I 
I don't know how they'll do long term, but it, I didn't think it was going to stay uh, uh, how it looked last week. I mean, Brady is good. I, I, want, I worry about his arm and whether he's going to be able to maintain it over a full season and how much he'll be willing in, to stand in and take hits. But you never know. Bruce Arians might also have adjusted his game plan. And, you know, yeah. if the two can meet somewhere in the middle where, where they do throw the deep ball, but they don't expect him to stand in and take big shots, which is not really what you want to do with a quarterback who's 43, then they can be very successful. And let's not forget that they have have one of the better defenses of last season and, and, and should be good again so um, a team that you know didn't get off to a winning start but there's still plenty of promise to the season and I think you know 10 wins and a, a playoff berth is sort of achievable but um, they need to sort of keep progressing in this early part of the season mm. Well uh, one team who did get off to a, yeah, a, a, a has got off to a good start so far is the, uh, the Titans Tennessee Titans uh, they're, own, they're sorry. They're two and zero now. Uh, first time they've gone two and zero since uh, since two thousand and eight. Uh, they beat the Jags uh, by thirty three points to thirty. Um, the Jags. So from what I could see, it looked like the Jags were out of it at one point. But in the end, they had a real good comeback towards the end. And actually, if it wasn't for a pick sort of toward, towards the end, they really could have won that game. Yeah. That is not a bad, bad view. This is actually one of the ones I watched in full um, um, over the last couple of days. Uh, I think the, the Titans... You forget that Malcolm Butler plays for the Titans these days. And the defence is solid. And Ryan Tannehill um, is continuing to play like he did at the end of last season. It's a little bit early in the season for Derek Henry, it feels like. So um, there, there are one or two of those classic uh, beat-em-up roads. But he's one of those running backs that as the weather gets worse and the ground gets worse, he seems to improve and become harder and harder to tackle. But, he, you know, he still looks dangerous. But the for the Jaguars, they've got um, um, a couple of... They've got something like 11 or 13 in players starting in their first year or something ridiculous but Gardner Minshew looks like a quarterback he doesn't have the biggest arm but he but he it, it's it's good enough it's not like it's a bad arm and he seems to have a good sense of timing and the whole confidence and and the mustache is working for him and and I think they you know the Jags the Jags are not going to be the team that everybody thinks are tanking because I think the com- combination of Jay Gruden and Gardner Minshew is actually going to make them a bit like I think the Dolphins last year, supposedly tanking, but actually might win a few games. Whether they can pull off the same manoeuvres in the draft, I don't know, but I'm actually beginning to wonder if they have their quarterback. I think, yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. And as someone who is currently sporting a, uh, a Tash, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm all for uh, more quarterbacks with Tashes. Okay, <laughs> we need a picture of this for the, this for the, for the blog slash site because we'll, I was unaware that this had we'll, happened. We'll see. Um, the, <laughs> uh, Washington versus the uh, the Cardinals. Uh, it was yeah 30, 30 points to fifteen to uh, to to the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals were quite dominant from what I could see, and almost all of Washington's points came in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> This is sort of like more like what we'd expect from Washington football team just because of all the turmoil and the recovery from last season and the Cardinals, it would seem, are a better team this year than the Eagles um, or at least they seem to be, yeah, really pushing on this year. The combination of DeAndre Hopkins and um, Kyler Murray seems to have just taken, made almost the Arizona Cardinals offense step up as the um, Houston Texans have stepped back it's almost like um, Bill O'Brien shouldn't be allowed to uh, um, trade players <laughs> speaking of the Texans uh, they uh, they lost to the uh, to the Ravens on uh, on Sunday uh, so it's 33 points to 16 uh, to the to the Ravens Baltimore this I love this stat this is a lovely stat Baltimore you do like a good stat 
I do, and this this is a good one. They've won five consecutive regular season games by sixteen or more points. That's uh, I mean that's pretty dominant, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And it's across it's quite, two seasons, but yeah, no, I mean it's just the the one caveat with that is obviously the game they lost in the playoffs last season. So, and yeah. that's the one that's going to bug them. So, I think almost this team have picked up exactly where they picked up last season in terms of regular season form they look ominous the question about them and it's the nature of american sports is that they are going to have the question about them in the playoffs until they turn around and beat one and i really hope that lamar jackson gets gets it this year because otherwise it's going to be a thing and that you know i don't think it'll be in his head and actually he looks better passing the ball this season as well i think i think that he's kept on developing and, and i think that they're as good a team as um any league in the moment and it's going to get boring I'm if we keep saying saying chiefs versus yeah. ravens in the afc championship game but we've got a preview on monday night this week so you know that i'm really looking forward to we have i'm going to call it i think if it comes down to those two which i think it probably will i think the ravens are going to go to the super bowl Personally. There's your bold prediction. There's my bold prediction. There you go. That's my 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 bold prediction for the season, let alone your week. Uh, um, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm impressed. Uh, um, I'm slightly concerned um, um, about the state the teams will be in when we get to the playoffs. So yes, we, we shall yeah, have to point. see. It's an awkward one because I think that I would pre- I would take as a quarterback. I think I I think I would take Mahomes over Jackson, but I think I would take the Ravens over the Chiefs. Yeah, just because the Ravens have it on both sides of the ball, their defense is so strong, and with with, with their offense as constituted, yeah, they, they are such a good package. Quick, quiet word for the Texans before we write them off too much, and I might have two like season-long bowl predictions for you this week. But how's this for an opening slate of games? On the road against Kansas City Chiefs, home against the Baltimore Ravens, on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a hell of a way to start your season. Yeah, that's not nice. Not a nice start, is it? That's a that's a really awful start to the season. Mm, not nice. And um, we we mentioned the Chiefs. Uh, they were playing the Chargers on uh, on on Sunday night. It was the the, the uh, Chargers' first game at the SoFi Stadium. Uh, they couldn't get the win. It was uh, it was twenty points to twenty three to the Chiefs. They kept it pretty close. Um, Herbert got his got his first uh, his first game time. Uh, of the uh, of the year, of, or of his career, um, his first NFL game uh, <laughs> of his career, um, and he looked. He, I thought he looked pretty solid. Was, I think the game was was probably closer than I think a lot thought it might be. Yeah, um, I think it's actually quite a credit to him because he didn't know he was starting. This was basically. No, um, no. Tyrod Taylor had a bad reaction to like a painkilling injection because he got a because um, he's got a rib injury and so he was planning to play with a flat jacket and um, yeah basically had some kind of bad reaction and couldn't breathe properly so all of a sudden he's taken to the hospital and Herbert is starting on very little practice so yeah I think it's a credit to him I also think it's a credit to the Chargers defense and they played them tough the concern is that um, you know they're now one and one how they push forward but the Chiefs did the Chiefs things and have you seen the kicking at the end of this game 58 yards 58 yards but like on the third attempt because they were pushed back from 51 for a penalty and then made to re-kick it was I mean that is some clutch kicking yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a hell of a kick. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. Needed overtime to uh, to settle it, but uh, yeah, yeah, that that didn't that didn't that didn't that kick off settle it. Um, <laughs> the late game on Sunday was probably the game I thought what I thought was going to be the game of the week, and it turned out to be a pretty good game. Uh, it was the yeah, the Patriots and the Seahawks. 
Um, it ended up 35 points to 30 to the Seahawks. Um, Cam Newton running running himself, running his touchdowns again, but couldn't uh, couldn't get it over the line right at the very end to, uh, to seal any any points for the. Uh, no, uh, and that was considering they're essentially running the single wing option with Newton whenever they were in five within five yards, and it worked all game. And finally. The, the Seahawks managed to um, stop them uh, uh, just when it mattered most and when they they had to get in. But it was it was a hell of a game. And I know all the talk was about um, sort of Cam Newton, you know, are they going to run him 15 times a week and just keep him for a year and send him off? But he was mm. throwing the ball so well in this game. It's like, is at this point, is he playing himself into a contract for the Patriots? Maybe, yeah, well, that's it. That's it. And um, meanwhile... With all the talk of Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, how good is Russell Wilson? Oh, he's 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 quite he's sort of overlooked a little bit when you when you're talking about elite quarterbacks, and he really shouldn't be. No, he's right up there with them, and, and with with those two receivers. Now that he's got, um, you know, now he has a pair after Doug Baldwin retired, and they just you know DK Metcalf, I think it was, who came in last season. Yeah, to go, it was DK Metcalf to go along with Tyler Lockett. He's got a pair of receivers that are just you know working in sync with him he's always throwing a lovely deep ball he he's mobile with, but doesn't take the hit hits um sort of like the template that kyler murray's trying to follow and, and yeah the seahawks looked um really pretty pretty good and i am really enjoying jamal adams for the um seahawks that trade from the jets the jets must be looking at how he's running around and causing chaos and i can only think yeah. as he as they get more and more used to him and more and more used to his role because it seems that he's almost at times being allowed to just basically let loose and do, do what he wants that um he's going to be yeah I, I think he's going to be a difference maker for the seahawks um this season as long as he stays healthy and yeah that that trade is looking it might be a bit bit over much to give to away two first round draft picks except if you look at the draft that is happening and we don't know what you know they didn't know what was going on with this one and next year who knows with a college game um they've got a known quantity that i think is going to make a difference so um yeah, it might it might not be an obvious one to say the Seahawks did okay on that one, but but I I it look it's looking promising now, shall we say? And then the uh, the final game quickly before we move on, and I don't really know anything about this because I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, was the uh, the Saints and the Raiders? Uh, the Raiders beat the uh, the Saints by thirty four points to twenty four, and they're now two and zero. I watched the highlights of this, and I'm struggling I'm to remember it. what's going on. I mean. The the defense is still um, okay for the Saints, but obviously um, the the Raiders were able to get things going. I wonder how much they're missing Michael Thomas and just having that automatic uh, that that connection between Breeze and Thomas. But um, Alvin Kamara looks really good. I mean, he's got that burst of pace and is is looking really strong. And I think on the road against the Raiders, it's not the worst loss in the world. It's just. I'm interested to see see how much better the offense can get, and we shall have to have a watching brief on the Saints. But maybe they're not quite as automatic as we thought, or maybe it is that the Raiders are really just turning a corner this season. Hey, Dan, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and I think everyone out there ought to know about your podcast, The Wrong Football on iTunes. Right, so uh, let's have a look at the fantasy teams. How are we doing, G? I think we're weirdly. It's it's almost like we know what we're talking about. We're both I, two I'm, and zero. We're the we're the I, only I, ones. I'm in not prepared. I'm not prepared to admit this because um, I, it, it feels wrong. Just because, um, how can I know what I'm doing? But yeah, um, I'm two and zero, oh and I you fluked know, it. I, <laughs> I absolutely fluked it. This, I, I, I'll be honest with you. This this week, um, I was absolutely, completely, completely out of it and being being beaten all over the place. 
Um, and then out of absolutely nowhere, um, the uh, Vegas tight end, the Raiders tight end, uh, had a, a Darren Walker had an absolute blinder. Scored me, scored me 30 something points, I think, 33 points, something like that. Which was for ridiculous. me. For me, it's a combination of um, Prescott and Kamara, but um, one of the reasons I'm so aware of Michael Thomas's injury status is because my first round first round draft pick um, is out and has only scored something like four points for me so far. And Chris Godwin was out last week as well, so I'm shuffling receivers and having to do all sorts. But um, yeah, yeah, so far, so far, so good. Um, I'm hoping that um, the teams that are struggling injuries find a way to get back into it, and I'm hoping that yeah. the, um, the the teams who haven't got off the mark yet get off off the mark fairly soon to be fun uh, otherwise Ashley's, you know it Ashley's feels struggling yeah I, i'm hoping that um she doesn't have to do a full reset but obviously saquon barkley going down for the season is is a big blow it's a biggie yeah i mean that was how i meant struggling i didn't mean she was struggling with the with the uh, <laughs> with the league uh yeah just struggling with that with that injury that's a that's a biggie and there's not many running but i was having a quick look at how, any running backs who haven't been claimed yet and there's not that many so she might need to look at trading um uh, outside of fantasy shall we move on to trivia Okay. Right. Uh, who went? I can't remember who went first last week. Um, I think I did because I, I had that first, stupid multi-point question and, 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 and gave up two points to you or three. I can't remember. Some, I can't remember. Uh, well, anyway, one of us needs to start tracking this if it's going to be a proper should. competition. <laughs> we probably should, really, shouldn't we? So yeah. I've I've got a I've got a one pointer with a bonus for you this week. And I followed so, that format. <laughs> so that's that's lucky. It's almost like we text each other beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. So, mine is, we all know, we all know, and I'm not rubbing salt in the wounds, we all know that the Bengals have the current uh, playoff loss streak uh, at 29 seasons. Um, who has the all-time loss streak in the playoffs? And for a bonus point, how many seasons? I know the answer to this, except I don't. Because I'm sure I've done a question about this relatively recently, or I've uh-huh. looked at this for something, and this is because I, I think I might have written about it. Because um, I've got two. I am right. going to go. I am discounting the Lions, although theirs is bad, because I think the Arizona Cardinals, possibly whilst they were the Phoenix Cardinals, hold the longest, and I think it's something ridiculous like 41 years. So Cardinals is correct. It's fifty-one years. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, yeah. are you ready for your turn? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I'll give you that. Go on then. Okay, so I'm hoping this will be relatively straightforward. I think you'll get one, but might well, catch you with that. the bonus questions. Well, you see, following on from last last week's quarterback questions. We all know that Dan Marino has nine of the top ten games for passing yards in Dolphins franchise history. Who has the other one in the top ten? What quarterback? Wow. I mean, the first thing you think of is maybe maybe Greasy. Uh but then it could be anybody. Anyone could have a good game. I'll go with Greasy. Okay. Believe it or not, it was Ryan Tannehill. You're joking. Right, okay. I am not joking. So here's, you've got two questions to choose from for your bonus point. 
You right. can either go for what is the all-time record for Dolphins, and I'll give you a point. Give you the point if you were in fifteen yards, or right. you can go for how many yards one. Ryan Tannehill went for. Ryan Tannehill went for three hundred and seventy-five yards. Ooh, believe it or not. He is number seventh in the list with four hundred and thirty-one right. yards. Oh, wow, that was that was a lot more than I thought. Good score questions. draw, and Dan Good Marino's question. top and that and Dan Marino's top one was five hundred and twenty-one yards. Right, we start week three on Thursday night. Then it starts on Thursday night with the uh, with the Dolphins at the Jaguars. But uh, there's there's some pretty good games this week. I think for me. It's got. I mean, game of the week. It's it's got to be the like you mentioned earlier, the preview of the uh, uh, the, the potential AFC game, <laughs> the Chiefs at the, at the Ravens. Yeah, I think the two late games over the weekend are the, are probably the highlights. And you have got the Packers versus the Saints. Packers um, Saints, yeah. Packers Saints, but yeah, Chiefs Browns is 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 no contest for the game of the week. Also, pretty interested in Cowboys Seahawks. Um, I, I ought, I'd like to see the Cardinals. Honestly, I'm kind of tempted by the Colts and Jets because I'd like to see the Jets in person. And, and you know that I'm one of these people who wants to watch every team and, and do Sadist. it. So, yeah, well, the other one that's interesting, you know, we've got the Bengals and Eagles, but I'm kind of curious about the Washington football team versus the Browns. I'm curious about all games, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm just, we're, we're, you, you know me, it's early enough in the season that it's just all questions and we haven't really learned all the teams yet. So honestly, yeah, I could yeah. quite happily watch the 49ers Jets and be picking things out of it. Uh, I'll tell you one, which one that is interesting, and I promise that it won't do, this will be the last, is that as much as I'm looking Thursday night and, and the Dolphins versus the Jags, uh, Rams-Bills could mm. be a bit tasty with that Rams offense against that Bills defense. That might yeah, be a coaching yeah. week, coaching tape game for um, for the following week. Both looking good. Both looking good. Go on then. Um, what's your uh, your? I'm going to keep making you do it. Do them. You've been pretty successful so far. What's your yeah. uh, bold prediction for the week? Right. Does it have to be for a week? For the week, or am I allowed to make a season long one? It kind of works better if it's a week. I'll let you make. Okay. Two. Fine. <laughs> you're going to make me do two in that case yes yeah I mean format wise it's better weekly but uh, fair enough okay so so I'm going to throw out I think Mike Zimmer will fire his offensive coordinator by the end of the season as my kind of like bonus I think this will happen right okay okay I'm really objecting to doing this but here we go I think that the Atlanta Falcons at Owen Till will beat the 2-0 Bears I don't know if I, I actually believe that, but mm. that feels like a bold prediction, and you're going to tell me that's, that's not a, bold enough. I don't know. I don't think that's bad. I, I no, I think that's pretty good. I, and I, but okay. I, could, I could I could see it happening. I could see it happening. I think you've uh, you've picked a good one. Uh, uh, this is sort of a, a running theme of uh, against pro, uh, you know, in protest on the grounds that I I hate hot takes and believe in nuance, and so to get your revenge, you're making me do hot takes every week. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's that's how I get my <laughs> kicks. Well, that's it for this week's episode. We'll be uh, back again next week. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. Uh, if you have, please be sure to uh, give us a rating and a review uh, and subscribe through uh, whatever means you procure your podcasts. Uh, we are, as I've said before, every week now for the last few weeks, we're uh, on more platforms than we uh, than we have been before. So uh, if you are listening to us through something like Spotify or Google Podcasts or anything like that, uh, we need to start building up our ratings on there to get uh, more ears 
on the uh, the podcast so please make sure you uh, subscribe through there and give us a review uh, if you've got something you want to say or you want to get in touch it's been a few weeks now we're, we're eight weeks into a new format so uh, it'd be good to hear from uh, from people see how how people are, uh, are finding things uh, i'm on twitter at twf down and g is on twitter at uh, wrong football do be sure to keep an eye on the wrongfootball.com for more from uh, g uh, this week on the blog and uh, in the meantime we'll be back next week reading 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 <laughs>